Alright guys, we got a uh, special guest today. Peak Pies, Carrie. Peak Pies is a, uh, let Carrie talk more about it, but it's a, uh, a pie company based in Vancouver, British Columbia, and also in Whistler, mm -hmm. uh, where they make pies, but not the pies that we're accustomed to in North America. Or, mm. or do you guys do fruit pies? Or is we, it just meat pies? We brought in some fruit pies because... Just to make me happy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we have about 10 to 12 savory, so meat, veg, you know, vegetarian, we've even got a vegan pie now. Um, and then we have like two <laughs> sweet pies, so apple and berry. So did I pronounce that correctly? Peaked pies? Peaked pies, peaked yes. Pies. So peaked, we got that name from, so Whistler was our first store and we sell the pies, um, the, the individual handheld meat pies. So they're one per person size. And how, sorry, how big? Like six inch? Five and five? A, yeah, about five and a half inch diameter. Okay. So it's a, depending on how much you eat. It could be a snack. For me, I could have just one pie and I, you know, that's good for me for lunch. Yeah. Um, but the peaked comes in with sort of the shape, turning it into a bit of a mountain by adding mashed potato, mushy peas and gravy on top. Pe oh, I get it. Yeah. That's what it, okay. So when you come in the store and say, oh, I'm going to get a chunky steak and mushroom and our staff say, do you want to get it peaked? And you go, oh, that sounds good. Then they do a scoop of mash, scoop of peas, and some gravy on top. It looks like a peaked mountain. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I get it. So that's where the a name A little comes bit of from. the Whistler, uh, yeah. Whistler thing, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so, Kerry, tell me about yourself. Like, uh, how did you get started? Your background's Australian. Yeah. What brings I've... you to Vancouver or Canada? So, I've been in Canada now for 10 years and um, first came over here to do a season. In Australia, we don't have snow or much of it. Uh, and a lot of Australians come to Canada. It's very easy to get a visa, a work visa, and we go and work in one of the ski resorts um, to experience snow and mountains. And I met my um, partner there, Alex, and pretty much we've been together ever since. And Alex, I'm disappointed you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking after Bub. Um, so, We've, um, yeah, we got together and he's actually the person who loves being in the kitchen and baking and making pies. I'm really just the research and development and yeah. <laughs> I eat them. Not just, that's important. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I, I eat them and yep. love them and, the, yeah. he <laughs> make, and he makes them for me. <laughs> so he, when I started, um, well, came to Canada and I realized there was like nowhere to get a meat pie from. So we grow up. You know, grew up on these. We have them at the school canteen. You can get them, you know, in the gas station, but you can get them in like gourmet bakeries. Like they're a product that could you could get a, a dollar pie or a ten dollar pie, and it's all about the quality and etc. So, but coming over here, there's not even there wasn't any pie, um, meat pie variety. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking about these, and I've got some Australian friends who are talking about them, and Alex caught on with like what are you talking about these pies and he looked them up of what they are and he started actually making them in the kitchen for myself at and home at home and for our friends and and everyone was just like okay these are so good um you guys you, know, you always joke oh you should open a, a store and um we're in whistler and there's a lot of australians there and we're like yeah, we could actually probably do this and so it took us about 
two years of you know coming up with recipes and business plan now i say two years we're obviously skiing in the middle of all yeah. of that as well yeah. <laughs> it's very loose two years um and peaked pies was sort of was born um 2013. did you f- go right into retail or yes okay yeah we did um we sort of thought you know we just want to open up a little cafe so we've got a little sort of 650 square foot space in in Whistler Village and we make everything there and sell it out the front we actually didn't know how busy we were going to be so when we opened the idea was Alex was going to cook and then I was going to serve out the front and we had a lineup out the door that we were calling our friends and luckily our friends basically dropped everything and we needed about 10 staff sorry the first day like when you first day yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we've had a lineup out the door was there advertising that was no nope. going on nothing just because <laughs> we didn't have any money <laughs> so it was just a, a poster on the window yeah. <laughs> and um at the time we didn't know how many pies that we would need so we were open until sold out um we actually made m- usually more than what we needed so we never we sort of 9 p.m was our aim to stay open till <laughs> and then anything that we had left over we just took around to all the local businesses the hotel hotel concierge um, to get the word out, so that was yeah. That's, how a, we, that's a good way of that's how we basically started. Was like dropping off pies to people. <laughs> yeah. So from day one, you had a lineup, and it hasn't stopped. That's right. Yes. It's really good. So. So what made you get into Vancouver? Uh, the Vancouver the dem- all the the people who come and visit us in in Whistler that uh, was like oh we we would hear people say we've driven up from Vancouver to come and get you know pies and so we're like okay let's have a look to see what we can do down here because we've got to we want to fill this void so we opened in vancouver three years ago and um we're looking well we're in the process of uh, we're waiting for our building permit in uh, burnaby heights uh right near choffees mm-hmm. um interesting uh all based on people calling us saying you need to open here you need to open <laughs> here. Yeah. so recipe ideas are you just trying things out in the beginning the the plain meat pie, which is a ground beef and basically gravy, that was the hardest one to make. So we, we call that in our sort of the traditional Aussie. Um, but if you walk into a pie shop in Australia, it's, it's the plain pie. It's the basic. That was the hardest one to make because it had to be perfect. So that took us to about five times to get the recipe and the flavor exactly that, that as we wanted That doesn't seem like it. a long time, five times. Um... I suppose it doesn't. All the other ones then we sort of maybe took one or two goes at. But the gr- the great thing about savoury pies or, or with any pie, I suppose, is you can be eating a dish. You know, you could be eating a spaghetti dish and be like, this would be really good inside delicious pastry. And then you just kind of make it. So um, the ones that we have are sort of your traditional um, pies you would find in the Australian bakeries because we want people to have to come in and be able to get their favourites from when they either visited or lived in Australia or New Zealand or England. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, the butter chicken pie, that's from just loving, you know, our local Indian butter chicken from mm-hmm. across uh, the street at uh, our back in Whistler. And we've got a chicken apple and brie. I think that was from a sandwich we had <laughs> once. I was like, oh, this would be a good, this is good, in, a this is good in a pie. Um, the wrong we've got right now, which is because uh, we're close to Christmas, is our turkey cranberry. So that's basically turkey with carrots and yams, and then we do a dollop of cranberry sauce, and then with the mash and peas and gravy on top, it is like you're having. You're getting me hungry. Turkey dip. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the recipes come from now. It's sort of it's, we've got our staples. Alice, get here. Yeah. <laughs> come over, Alex. 
<laughs> we've got our staples, but we've got whatever we find out in the world that tastes delicious. We'll put that in a pie. So what were you doing before? Uh, before Peak Pies? Just working in uh, hospitality, still working in hospitality, but in hotels. Um, and so was Alex on, on as well. the on the restaurant side, or no, the... in the in the accommodation okay. um, side. So. And Alex, same thing. Same yeah. thing. So yeah. none of you had experience in kitchens. Nope. So you don't know how the numbers worked, or like the the things that go into a kitchen, like the uh, infrastructure, and none of that. I worked at McDonald's when I was fourteen. Yeah, I worked there too, um, but I can't do you any know? of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew, no, don't lean if you can clean. Yeah. Um, Alex did go to school for culinary management and restaurant management at Camosun over in Victoria, and uh, I think after he did that course and then started working in restaurants, he was sort of like, "Oh, this is like way too much work for way little profit," mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then got into working in hotels. And then when I sort of came up with the pie idea and. It just sort of made sense to both of us. So that's where, you know, he he had, he sort of pulled these books out that were you know, dust collecting on them and um, we were able to have a little bit of knowledge, but there's a lot of stuff that you can find like online these days of yeah. what your, you know, what your labor cost should be, what your food cost should be, you know, all of that, as long as you enjoy researching, I suppose. It's, it, restaurants is, is a numbers game. I never worked at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Besides McDonald's, but you know, to me that's not a restaurant that has that's a process that's been in that's been around for a long time, and you know anyone can go in there and run it because the the process is so great. But you know, most of the small restaurants are it, it comes down to numbers game, right? Labor yes. cost, food cost, uh, you know, your your profit margin, and you know whatever else is in there, right? Yeah, Price absolutely. per head, uh, how much your your lease is, it's all it's all numbers, right? You need to know exactly what this burger is going to cost or this pie is going to cost, and how much are people going to pay when they come in here? Yeah, and I and I actually to give credit to McDonald's, there is a bit of research you can do online to find out what their actual food cost is mm-hmm. and what their labor cost is and what they you know with packaging and so forth. So you do have a bit of a benchmark because um, they are very very successful, obviously. So, but don't sure, forget, McDonald's makes their money from real estate. That's another thing as well. Yeah. So when people have asked us if we ever going to franchise, then we can also look at that model of what they do as well. Yeah. So you can pull a lot of things of what they've done yeah. um, really well out of there. Sure, their their food might not be fine dining cuisine, but the business model Depends of what... Depends you ask. Yeah, there you their go. apple pie is damn good. <laughs> they are good. <laughs> at two so in the I, morning, two for a buck. You know, I, I, I did work there for you know from 14 <laughs> to like eight, four years, so I suppose. But um, during high school, but it's you know we've Alex also worked for Starbucks, so he's pulled a few things that he's learnt from there and the way they. I was just going to mention because that the too. biggest thing with people that we've seen with restaurants and and when we've gone to get financing and when we've well that's pretty much the biggest hurdle we've come across is like oh no way you are in the worst industry mm-hmm. you will die there's no chance in hell that you'll succeed, um, and that is where you have to look at where you can get you know look at it in a business sense and looking at McDonald's in a business sense, Starbucks in a business sense and go online and research these big companies, small companies and how they have managed to succeed over all these years. That's where it's at. You've really got to have that business sense of you. Um, Someone who is a cook and loves cooking and doesn't want to look at, as you said, your numbers and keeping everything absolutely exact needs to bring on someone else who loves that side of things or they probably will end up in that statistic unfortunately me and this guy get along because he's good at creative i hate it can't stand mm-hmm. it can't do it suck at it and i'm good with the number seven business side 
Yeah. That's it. You need in partnerships. And that's where Alex and I have actually, um, you know, we're part, we've been together for 10 years and yeah, we butt heads and are complete opposites and fight like anyone would when you've, uh, you've also now had a, had a new little baby to throw in the mix, but we do the exact opposite things at uh, with with picked pies so he does all the recipes and those numbers and deals with our suppliers and understands you know the rent and negotiations and building the new restaurants whereas i'm the people side so i look after you know hr and you know look after the, the marketing side of things and i suppose he's all the stuff you can touch and i'm all the stuff that you know is the emotional he he's with that. he's so, the book yeah. Right. He's the book and you're the one that sells the book. Mm-hmm. We, I, I think we're very, very lucky in that sense that we found each other. And anyone that comes to us and says, oh, we want to work with our partner. It's like, okay, you need to write down what you're good at and what you do. And if you both love doing the same thing, you, you might want to, I don't know, do you have to really... You know, you guys can consult. <laughs> Other couples that want to get into business together. <laughs> Seems like you guys uh, know what's going on. It's because th- that's one of the things I I get in, mm-hmm. in being in my business and, and running the mortgage company is uh, and we I, I do a lot of business financing as well. And there's a lot of times where, where uh, I talk to couples and they want to get into it. You know, go talk to somebody else that's actually started this because it, it it's hard. Oh, it's you really got hard. you got home to deal with. Mm-hmm. Most people leave home to go to work to to you know be themselves or whatever it is right to be alone you don't get that i don't know how personal this is getting but what i did have a friend of mine who wanted to get in and work with you know his partner i said imagine a boss that you hated and then imagine having to sleep with them yeah. <laughs> and he's like what so i'm like oh yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good one <laughs> because there's times you want to absolutely throttle them and kill them and like get out of my sight and then you've got to go and get in the same bed together yeah yeah, you 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 choke to a point but you can't kill them right because you need them yeah exactly exactly so you know it's um yeah it's it's tough but at the same time there's no one else you'll trust more than that other person so and i'm sure you can definitely find that in other partnerships as as well but it's you don't sleep with them well that's true it's a big difference that is true (laughs) So I don't think you'll find that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's always, you know, different ways at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Where, where it comes down to. Yeah. So we ask our community questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we should just get into the questions here. And Absolutely. This is coming from LinkedIn. It's from Katie. When considering starting a restaurant, what would help you decide a location in an area where there's food business everywhere? What, as a customer, would draw you to a new food establishment? That has actually... Um, we look for places with like food places um, because you just think of it when you're if you don't know what you want to eat you're going to end up in an area where you've got choices or if you're out with a group of people and someone wants this and someone wants that so you want to go somewhere like we always look for a place that already has established food places a because you know people are already going there to get food and uh, and b you know you've they're not necessarily looking at as competition, but you're drawing people in um, for food, and uh, and that's where we've been the most successful. Consumers' mindset mm-hmm. when they want to eat, they're going to go to an area where there's going to be tons of restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's absolutely. they're not going to go to you know next like a farm place where there's going to be one restaurant and nothing for another. 
you know, 10, yeah. 15 kilometers or miles away. Now, we would also look at, um, depending on what type of a restaurant someone wanted to open, if they wanted to open a coffee shop, I would necessarily go somewhere where there might be a Starbucks and a blends and something else on the corner. But looking at, is there other, um, you know, what type of a coffee shop do you want to be or what type of a restaurant? Do you want to be a quick grab and go? So do you want to be near a Starbucks or do you want to be next to a McDonald's to not necessarily compete, but you don't want to be maybe a cheap place in amongst a whole bunch of really expensive fine dining potentially or really expensive fine dining in amongst what's known as maybe a you know two dollar alley or something like that so you know what i i i agree with you there but here's what here's another take on it i would love to be that two dollar five dollar place in the high-end area mm-hmm. after 9 p.m yeah they've eaten absolutely they're done now we have a couple of drinks in me. You know what? I need I need some munchies, right? And the hotels close, the the, the high end restaurants close. Where are they going? And another thing, living in downtown, learning about this stuff, there's a big community of staff in those hotels, those restaurants yes. that need to go somewhere to drink and have a bite. I think it's yeah. To, I think to have that little place in uh, an area like that is. Yeah. can work absolutely i think being finding being a restaurant in amongst absolutely no restaurants that would be something that i'd be scared of yeah yeah agreed mm-hmm. agreed so I'm, i will ask then personally coming for you guys coming down into vancouver mm-hmm. obviously different market yes maybe similar demographic but in terms of real estate and, and all that how was that process for you guys coming from I don't know when, I figured when you got into Whistler, obviously it was, it was probably maybe a little bit different yeah, too, but. It's, uh, so we, right now it's, uh, it's really tough for restaurants in general to find affordable mm. locations. Um, that's why we don't, you don't see peak supplies in downtown, but we're in the West End. Right. Um, the, the rental rates are absolutely soaring and it's, go, it's going to be really, really hard for someone to open up um, a restaurant as such that does have that low, low profit margins if they've never opened up one before. Um, coming from Whistler, we knew we had a product that definitely worked. Would it work in Vancouver? Well, fingers crossed, but we still knew it, it worked. Um, so we did take a risk on paying more for rent in a little bit of a bigger space because that's the space we found. But it's definitely harder um, to find spaces now and rents are going through the roof. Um, our th- That's why we're going out to Burnaby Heights, um, which is our next location rather than coming downtown as yeah. well. Yeah, You're saying that I- I'm a big believer in uh, uh, Uber Eats and, and uh, Foodora and Skip the Dishes and other cities and countries have different, uh, different delivery services. Mm-hmm. I really like, uh, I forget, I don't know the word for it, but a kitchen that is not open for the public. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So you have this kitchen where you're preparing the food and you're selling this stuff online and it's being shipped via one of these companies or if you want to start something else where you actually deliver it. Mm-hmm. I really like that type of company, mm-hmm. that setup. I think the markup is, is much lower. You're definitely, your lease is going to be uh, much lower because you're not going to be in the in the city now. You can start this anywhere, any industrial area, right? You can... As long as they have the the permits that where you can cook and 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 uh, and prepare, 
uh, and then just sell this online. Yeah, as long as your delivery is not, uh, you've, you've got to remember that your food needs to hold and travel for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you can't be too far away mm-hmm. um, or you're going to lose the quality of your food. Uh, right now, I know that if you look online, I follow a lot of the business um, websites, magazines in you know the industry in Australia right now who have had Uber Eats, Deliveroo, all, all of that yeah. for probably about five or six years, maybe longer. Um, and restaurants are really suffering over there. They're starting to drop like flies just mm-hmm. because they're not making any money. The shift of consumers using those um, using those apps to order, uh, the delivery companies have essentially bumped up their commissions as well because they sort of can mm-hmm. and the demand's there. However, restaurants are making then obviously far less. So there's a bit of a push from actually the restaurant industry of Australia is actually urging consumers to start going back into the stores or you're going to lose the stores that you once could just drop in and get a coffee or as you're walking past somewhere yeah so or what, when do those two start merging is my question yeah right like mcdonald's has the power to do this already mm-hmm. right mcdonald's mm-hmm. can switch easily saying that you know what instead of having a restaurant of 100 seats we're going to cut this back to like 20 seats mm-hmm. because we know uh, most of our traffic now is going to be coming from uh, Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes or wh- wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So th- yeah. those guys can move fast, but th- these smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you want to just have big chain restaurants to choose from, um, that could be the way it's it would head. Um, but I, you know, as a as a small business who, when we get orders from those companies, you know, when we're covering our food and our labor cost we're not covering rent we're not covering utilities mm-hmm. um we're not then making any money in the store which then if anything breaks we don't have any you know in the back pocket there so that's how they get you when they come in and they sign up to this service. and then yes it is you know for me it's like okay well yeah i'm paying staff and that to be there anyway food it's good for me to have turnover so you've got constant you know consistently fresh product um but if the table switched to where it was more of those companies ordering than people coming in we would have to probably close the doors yeah like i don't think high end will ever change i think that would yeah. be the same you just you want to there, there's friday night there's saturday night thursday exactly. night whatever you want to somebody wants mm-hmm. to do it to go out and do that stuff i'm fine yeah. but like sitting in the office here you know i i, I get takeout well i go and get the stuff like at least once a week mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like why yeah, I know it's like 10, 15 minutes of my time, especially in downtown when you have the lineup. You're you're, you're gone almost twenty minutes. Like why? When I can order and and have it yeah. dropped here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I look at it that way. I I do not like the the restaurant business mm-hmm. from as a businessman. I just I do like I, those numbers don't do anything for me. No, but I will look at it if I can have my own kitchen. And do uh, delivery service. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that works. Yeah, and there's um uh, I can't remember the gentleman's <clears throat> name, um, but he's actually has a kitchen and he had a has a restaurant, but he runs now two or three restaurants from that one restaurant. Um, but it's all the online stuff. So, yeah, the, you know, the, it's definitely this business comes that, this business yeah. comes down to, to advertising now. Yeah, right. It's just like how hard could you advertise on social? to get these guys at the right time yeah, at absolutely. two in the morning 
during during Sunday during football game during during Saturday during hockey, you know, yeah. can you can you reach them or you know whatever yeah. daytime TV whatever it is right? Absolutely. How, how do you reach these people? And uh, and I think <clears throat> and that's where um, anyone who is loves cooking and loves being a chef and wants to get into the restaurant industry will will you know depending on what sort of a restaurant they want to open. Um, I'm having just exactly what you're saying there. I'm having to constantly think and, you know, Alex and I are constantly having discussions about how we can change and move forward, what we can do. Yeah, we've just added, you know, um, got a liquor license added beer on tap um, to our Denman Street location just because... So to, that, to that bring brings in, in traffic. That's a, different, traffic. that's a different business. Yeah. yeah. So we are... You have to constantly evolve and change and stay ahead of the times and, you know, in the restaurant world and be open to that and be excited for that rather than, like, worried about that, I suppose. If somebody is a chef, and I got a few friends that are chefs, right? If you want to start your own business, become a a private chef, Mm -hmm. right? On Mm -hmm. weekends, on weekdays. Like, right now, private chef business, if you're in it and you know how to advertise and market, this is the greatest time to do it right now. Absolutely. During Christmas time, people have dinners at home, companies... We'll have a uh, lot of big companies. They don't want to have the the big parties anymore. Yeah. First of all, it costs too much. The insurance is crazy, right? Especially when somebody starts drinking and the hotel uh, hotel costs and everything else. This is mm-hmm. like very expensive, mm-hmm. right? A lot of them have you know boardrooms and uh, and do stuff there yeah. lunchtime and uh, you know uh, whatever it is dinner lunch whatever. Yeah. It's a perfect time to have personal chefs that, that that's coming into out of the the home, the office, wherever it is. Yeah. And cooking and uh, and preparing everything. Yeah, absolutely. And in and in saying that, for what we do at Peaked Pies, the the whole foundation of why we opened was because we want people to try an Aussie meat pie because I know how amazing they are, <coughs> and uh, and our aim eventually is you know to get them into as many hands as we can, whether that be through like wholesale distribution or you know, other ways that we can do it. But we have sort of one simple product that we've created that we've, that's where the plan sort of is going of how can we get these out to as many people as we can in that sort of a sense. Because the foundation of it all is, you know, when I say like if you're a, a chef, try not maybe open your own place, but find someone who you can work with to do that because you know if you love what you do and you've got a particular product you want to get out there and it's good people will come oh for sure yeah 100 yeah yeah so but just the the main thing here is having that attention from from the consumers to come in mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. i think that's that that's the challenge i think a lot of chefs know how to cook and cook really really well yes but to get them into the into the location through uh through marketing and advertising yeah uh i'm a big Huge fan of cast iron, like cast iron pots. And oh, okay, yeah, like right, that. right. Love yep. it, love it, right. I don't know how, but uh, I, just, I just do. Do you guys make any pie in cast iron? And no. sugar with that? No, we don't. Okay, that's the snail pie. <laughs> well, we might have that's to give it a go. Pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. just make it in the cast iron. <laughs> no base. No base in the cast iron. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. They, they, they have to eat it there. You can't take it. Yeah. 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 No, that'd be. Okay. Well. Add some beer to it too, and I'm there. That that's the Sunil combo. We, as a beer to drink or beer in the pie. No, 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 beer to drink. But okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, coming in March, we do a steak and Guinness. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah. I'll just add quickly. How are you guys 
operating within Skip or Fedora. Are you guys doing any of that? Uh, we're doing Fedora and we just signed up to, to DoorDash just yeah. to sort of expand it a, a little bit. Um, and Foodie, um, who they do sort of office event mm. parties. So whereas, yeah, so we're on, on that as well. So, yeah. And, yeah, we get, um, we get like a decent amount um, of yeah. people that come through it. Uh, we to be the way the way that the, these platforms work is they they come in and they give you a big tablet to mm. use and so if you want to be on like all of them you would have like you would need a separate counter space right. for tablets <laughs> to then be accepting orders so for us right now we don't even have space you know as most restaurants who have sort of built before this sort of a boom kind of a happened happened without thinking that we would need a space to put five tablets if we wanted to be on five different ordering platforms so people come in and they were they're like oh we want to you want to be on our platform it's like if you can find a place to figure out where your tablet's gonna go <laughs> but we just don't have the space to add more right. you know add more tablets and then for our staff to then be trying to serve our customers that come in through the door that are making us our money um, and actually helping us grow our business um, as opposed to then you know the ones that are coming through on the tablets I just worry a little bit about the confusion of which orders are coming through when you've got that many so I haven't actually spoken to I can't find anyone who's in the restaurant industry at the moment who does customer facing orders and then is on all platforms most people are just on like one or two mm -hmm. and I think for that reason that right. it's just can get probably a bit too much yeah, with all of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it may play into this a little bit. I, I'm not sure if I completely understand this question, but I, I thought it was somewhat relevant. Uh, it's from LinkedIn. I posted a while back about the sale of my current business and our new venture, a meal prep kitchen. I've recently been speaking with a guy that does our print ads, and he's been telling me about ghost kitchens and the growing trend being a part of a $27.8 billion industry. Any thoughts? I'm led to believe this would be able to let us sell our healthy meal preps, but also tap into other aspects of online food ordering. It's from Wes. Uh, so he, by the sounds of it, he's he has a kitchen already, and it looks like it. Uh, yeah. wanting that there's a ghost kitchens. That that's, that's exactly what all this is. It's it's people who are trying to reduce their overheads because when you have the labor and the food costs. Um, of in most restaurants it's about 50 to 60 percent um, and then Foodora and Skip all they're taking 25 percent so there's really not much left to pay for rent utilities and pay yourself yeah. um, so that's where these ghost kitchens are coming about <clears throat> so depending on what rent is um, it is definitely a way um, you know they're looking to sell um, their business or to actually use their kitchen to have other people maybe rent it it's funny he, he put yeah. some numbers in the twenty eight billion. I wonder what that number was five years ago versus what that number is going to be ten years from now or five years from now. Yeah, well, I mean, this, I, I think I, that's going to be knows if that number's correct or not. I mean, this is saying he listened from the guy, but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what that number is. Did I? Yeah, I think the easiest way, to, easiest way to find that is, I'm not sure, where, like, I haven't really searched. I, I know what these companies do, like Food, food Door and Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats. I think the best way to do it is uh, find the public company and, and see the financials and see how much income they're, uh, they're making from, yeah. you know, based on two years ago, well, a couple of quarters ago to, uh, to today and then uh, what the projection is and, and just look at, look at it backwards. Yeah, and at, and at the end of the day, they're, they're running a business. Um, to make money and they do as a as a restaurant who's going in as a as a ghost 
restaurant and wanting to try and get more orders or grow your business that way you really really need to look at numbers um so closely because you know you another thing with running through uber eats and foodora as i said like in vancouver right now um they come in and they can offer 15 to 20 percent as i said in australia right now it's going up to 30 to 40 percent and that's where restaurants there are saying well They've kind, of, they've kind of got me because I've got all these orders that come through. I don't want to turn down orders. And so then they just keep bumping commissions up. So you're sort of wanting to make sure that you're getting in bed with the right company, I suppose. I don't there, think so. any of those work right now. I think mm-hmm. I think they're, they're going to start merging at one point where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't think the consumers aren't winning because they're paying they're they're paying a little more for uh, for the delivery services. Mm-hmm. Restaurants aren't winning because of they're not making the full profit and I and I bet that most of these delivery companies aren't making that money either. Uh well with with their cost and their infrastructure we don't we don't know their money. We don't we don't know where you know a lot of their stuff is going either. Well again they <coughs> Labor is a massive cost of any company, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, is a lot of their drivers are contractors. Yeah. So just like with Uber, like you know, so you're getting paid for what you do and deliver. So labor is not a big cost of these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know their numbers, so I'm not going to speak to that. But um, it is something that um, yeah, consumers are going to pay more. Yeah. Restaurants are going to. That's get all it comes and, down. To. It comes down yeah. to it comes down to the consumers. What the consumers want, right? If consumers mm-hmm. want to go to the restaurants, they'll. Then yep. they'll find their way there if they want uh, the the Uber Eats and all these other companies. Then mm-hmm. that's gonna work. But I, I think there's gonna be a, a middle ground coming soon. Hopefully, yeah. Did that sort of answer that? Is yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think so. I mean, it wasn't so much. It was just kind of the yeah. question was any thoughts. So yeah, yeah, it was personal thoughts. Uh, the next question is from Lo. Uh, do you think people can be successful in this day and age without the use of social media? Like zero social social media and only a website. Asking because it's so distracting. How have you handled this in a hospitality setting? Uh, TripAdvisor and Yelp have been huge for us. So I would lump that into social media because mm-hmm. it is people online and interacting with each other. Um, if you've got a good product, good customer service, um, people are going to talk about you. Word of mouth has always, you know, been the biggest advertising and marketing anyone could ever do. So yeah, this is just that on steroids now. Um, If you have a restaurant and you are not on social media, you better be so goddamn good that people are literally chatting to each other in the street. Um, Otherwise, you know, you can be the the best of the best and you're just gonna get more business um, coming in through social media. So uh, Alex and I have had that conversation of like, oh God, how would we have done this without social media? Um, because you know our pies we have made them you know we didn't make it look like that for social media it just happened that people love taking photos it was just a oh wow this is great this is um, you know happened around the time that people love coming in and taking photos of our product Uh, but at the same time you know when you go on and look at our reviews on TripAdvisor and Yelp and you know, it is a way for us to then chat back to our customers when we can't be in there every day. And so when someone you know writes a review and says, oh, my God, thank you for opening. I haven't had a pie in 30 years. We can personally then go on, even though I've missed them in the store and say, oh, great. You know, this is exactly where we opened because we wanted to you know make sure someone like you could get a pie and, and love it. So social media 
is huge in the restaurant industry as long as you're good as long as you're doing everything well um because if you're not then <laughs> the opposite's obviously gonna happen. Be opposite, exactly. <laughs> so um there's been that unfortunate incident obviously of you know the soup chowder soup mm-hmm. you know that in Gastown that yeah, had one, one yeah. neg- negative thing and closed down that's obviously something that you've got to have in the back of your head um there's always a good and a bad side for everything but uh touch wood like you know for the moment for most good restaurants um social media is is everything i think yes yeah agreed yeah i think today if you're not on social media in any business not not just hospitality and restaurants in any business you're mm-hmm. just you're you're, you're going to be lost here in the next little while yeah for sure that's where people communicate that's where uh that's where people live today yeah yeah. Right. They're they're living on on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instram, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. I said Instagram twice. Uh, <laughs> well, and it living. depends on your industry, really. Um, you know, restaurants <clears throat> especially, I think, need to be on on Instagram or you know have something on, on YouTube because, because people it's like visual. to see it. It's visual. Yeah. 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 yeah there's a what's it called uh, a new social media that comes out that can you can smell the food. Yeah. Jump on that platform Absolutely. fast. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on that one fast, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah, it is. It definitely is. It, it's uh, it's what your eyes see, and then they start looking at what other people think about it, and they mm-hmm. want to test it, and they, they go, and they see a, uh, a lineup of 30 deep. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're lining up. I don't. I get pissed off and I leave. Well, and to, <laughs> and to give you an idea, we've, we have seen, um, we were the number three restaurant on TripAdvisor in Whistler, since we opened, basically. We sort of, sometimes we went to number two once and then we dropped down to number four, but we've consistently been number three restaurant. In Vancouver, we made it to number seven out of 3,000 restaurants. Wow. Restaurants. Now this is where they say, you know, to me, when you look up a restaurant, you go in, you sit down, you eat a meal, um, you can get a coffee, whatever, you can eat something. Um, TripAdvisor has now created a new category called uh, quick bites. You can't really search that. Like, like you have to actually go in and use a filter to find quick bites. So they have removed us from restaurants and into quick bites. Our sales have actually since then, like, and our like, we also then get the analytics from TripAdvisor. Our page, um, like, people jumping into our pages have everything's dropped, and we've tried to contact them to say why have you created this category this isn't something that someone goes oh let's go get a quick bite let's look up mm. quick bite. people either look up a cafe or they might look up a coffee shop or they, they tend to look up a restaurant um and we on TripAdvisor, in so there's an owner's sec owners section it's happening all over the world there's a number one burger restaurant in hawaii in honolulu or something they've been the number one for 10 years they've disappeared off basically the TripAdvisor platform for people looking. Um, so it's it's really affecting um, the, the places like ourselves who really prided ourselves on creating like really good service, really good food and being at the top of our game. Um, and we have noticed a, a drop and TripAdvisor, you, you're fighting a giant. Um, they, they've, they don't care. We're gonna clip this, this part that you just said, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give it to you, you can run that. Run that on your page. Run that paid ads. Just get the word out there. I mm. think it's uh, it's an important one. I think you should even be contacting uh, the burger joint in uh, in Honolulu, mm. yeah. and uh, and talk to them about this. It's just message, right? Yeah. And then just tag. 
yeah. tag as many people as you can on it and uh, and go from there and, and just try to try to win the battle here. Mm. I, I think it's yeah, a, it's a really good clip. It's uh, it's and because like it's <clears throat> like would you Google uh, let's let's just Google quick bites. No, it's not no. something that you Google. And, no, exactly. And TripAdvisor has said to us, um, you know, this is helping our customers. Uh, because people were complaining that they would look up a restaurant and they would go in and it wasn't a fine dining restaurant. It's like, well, people are not that that silly. People can read, oh, this is a quick service. It's a, you know, it's a fast casual. Like there's a whole bunch of restaurants that fall under restaurant, but it's essentially somewhere to go and eat. Maybe if we were an ice creamery, that's not somewhere where you can get breakfast, lunch and dinner like you can at Peaked Pies. Yes, we might only sell a pie but we also you know have a salad and we have you know some different things on the menu but yeah we don't have a 20 different items that are all different and that's what they're sort of saying is well you're only doing sort of one type of thing but that's is where a lot of these successful now i i, I, I get where they're coming, coming from, from but quick bite that just doesn't it's, it's not something that people say no i know <laughs> And I'm Australian, you know. You're Canadian. It's it's two different sides of the world. No one no one says it. It's so insane. It's just um, it kind of is a little bit heartbreaking when you kind of like you've been like seven out of three thousand restaurants in Vancouver, and now we're just gone. Yeah, that's gone cool. from there. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for questions. I will ask though. Just kind of lastly here. Like what? What's the, I know you said you're opening up in Burnaby. Mm-hmm. Just I guess what's long game here? Looking forward, moving forward for you guys and. So the after Burnaby, Burnaby's sort of one of our bigger. It's going to be sort of a bit of a bigger operation, and um, and we've now installed sort of a kitchen in Whistler, a kitchen in Vancouver, and now a kitchen in Burnaby. We'll be able to from these kitchens um, sort of have other little hole in the walls going forward, which are smaller footprint, less rent. Less smart, less costs to us, and uh, and then we ha- we get right now um, a lot of requests for you know pubs uh, like English pubs or Irish pubs or you know different venues um, wanting to sell our pies like wholesale, and at the moment we've had to say no just because we can't keep up with our own um, demands of our own stores, but having the third. Uh, location will actually should be able to cover that and we'll actually be able to start saying Good. yes yeah. so that's now you know as we said trying to get our a pie into everybody's hands um, is is the end goal and um, you know we'd love to see ourselves you know grow across the country so yeah I'm just gonna say the same thing all right guys check out peak pies there they have one on uh, Denman Street and another one on uh um, Whistler Village. We'll have the addresses and everything. Can I have the address? Yeah, we'll we'll have the links um, on the podcast here and uh, on on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn everywhere. Amazing. Thanks for coming down. Thank you very much. Next time, Alex, you need to show up <laughs> with the cast iron. Uh, as long as we have the as long as we have the, the little nine. Well, he won't be nine months old. He'll probably be walking. Then he would just. Yeah, yeah bring Bob on. Bob, right? <laughs> no, I just say Bob. Oh, My Bob. Okay. Paxton. Bob. Paxton, Paxton and <laughs> yeah. Alex need to come in next time. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. coming out. I really appreciate it. Thank you it. so much.